HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by Hearst Ranch Grass-Fed Beef, available on the internet at hearstranch.com. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. I'm here with Sophie Schlesinger, co-host and producer extraordinaire. Hi, everybody. And um, today we are continuing our conversation about urban cheesemaking. Part two. Part two. Yes, with uh, Matt Spiegler, who is actually a friend of Elena Santagade, who yeah. was on our Urban Cheese Making Part 1. That's right. Hello. Thank you so much for being on the yeah, show. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're really excited to have you. And um, uh, I, maybe we can just start off. Um, what do you do uh, in your, you know, nine to five life or whatever hours, you know, you keep? And, uh, and yeah. From nine to six or seven or so, you know, New like York, a good New, New York, Yorker. Nine to five, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm actually a web developer. Um, mm. So by day, I'm, you know, pushing pixels and doing code. But um, <laughs> nights, weekends, and any other spare moment is uh, when I'm a cheesemaker. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so what uh, what got you into this? What kind of sparked the cheese uh, cheese bug? Um, that's hard to say. I mean, I've always, I grew up with um, a French mom. My mom is Alsatian, so cheese was always kind of a part of our cult, you know, the, the, the house and mm. um, our daily diet, basically. And, you know, I can, my first encounters with uh, stinky cheese were at my grandparents' house, uh, you know, them pulling the cheese box out of the fridge and, you know, me being horrified as a kid by the smells coming out of it. But, <laughs> Um, so, I mean, there was that also, you know, I kind of grew up or not on a farm, but sort of around a farm and part of a community that had a farm in it, uh, in upstate New York, uh, a biodynamic farm. Um, so I was kind of sort of being part of that community and, you know, drinking the milk from the farm and eating the cheese, you know, that was sort of mm. where it started, I guess. Um, which, it, which farm was it? If you don't uh, mind Hawthorne me Valley. Okay. Yeah. Hawthorne yeah. Valley. Great. Yeah. And That's I went to the Walter school across the street. Great. So, um, but it wasn't really until after college that, you know, when I moved to Chicago and got my first copy of uh, the Steve Jenkins book, 
So cheese <laughs> That'll primer. That'll do it. Uh, yep. <laughs> so many episodes somehow come back to Steve come, Jenkins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, we got to have him back. Yeah. Steve, where are you? Yeah, come, come back on the, the show. show. <laughs> but so that's where I kind of, you know, sort of as an eater of cheese, you know, really became passionate about it, you know, um, and really got sort of interested in learning everything I could. Um, but it was probably only a few years ago. I think partly just, you know, I'd always felt, I'd always been interested in the process of cheese making, but it felt really daunting. It felt like, you know, you had to, you know, go to ag school or get a culinary degree or something like that if you wanted to get involved at all. So how did, so how did you make that leap? Like what was your first cheese making? Um, I I mean, my very first cheese making experiment was probably, you know, you know, simple like mozzarellas or ricottas or things like that, you know, just basic fresh cheeses. Um, you know, probably did that for a year or so, did some paneers, you know, sort of the simpler cheeses, the easy cheeses to make, um, relatively speaking. But Yeah, uh, I know. Then, I've never <laughs> I've never been able to make mozzarella at home. I oh, really? somebody yeah, somebody's gotta teach me. <laughs> you gotta take Elena's class actually. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> um but yeah, then you know, at some point I just decided I wanted to take it to the next step and you know, I just I started getting more into uh, goat cheeses and chefs, um, doing the lactic cheeses first and then um getting into aged goat cheeses, um, the first experiments of which pretty much failed miserably because I was trying to age them in my fridge, which, you know. It's a strange microcosm full of many, many things. (laughs) I mean, you know, they made great uh, grating cheeses, you know, little hard Mm -hmm. little bricks, but but eventually I invested in a, uh, I found a used wine refrigerator on Craigslist, so I was able to get set up with more of a real aging environment. And that's kind of where it took off. So, and wow. and currently, what kind of cheeses do you make? I mean, what uh, what cheeses are you most proud of? Um, right now, probably my main cheese is a um, ash coated bloomy rind cheese. Um, working title: Guanish. <laughs> although maybe Guanish terroir is not something you want to sell. But, um, well, the ish, you know, yeah, like yeah, Guanish. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I live near the Guanish, but not not right on top of it. It's a Guanish, but um, you don't gather the ash from the. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not brining it in uh, Guanish water, so don't worry. But, um, that's good. But so that's kind of the main cheese I'm doing these days. Um, that's kind of a geotrichum and a penicillium candidum rinded cheese, um, similar to a Valence. Um, other than that, I'm doing, uh, you know, lots, all the fresh cheeses, uh, feta cheese, um, cheddars, uh, starting to get into Alpine cheese, Alpine style cheeses, although can't really call them Alpine since I'm not in the mountains, but you know, you know, Gowanish, yes. <laughs> <laughs> mountain-ish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But that's, and so, um, do you find that that fridge that you have, the wine fridge, is that kind of a, an equally hospitable environment for all these different styles of cheese? Or do you, how do you kind of, um, do you do one batch at a time, keep them separate, or um, are they all kind of aging in there at the same time? They're all kind of aging in there at the same time, which, I mean, there seems to be some variation, like a lower humidity and temperature near the bottom of the fridge, whereas it's a little warmer, but also a little wetter up near the top. So I'll kind of keep my, um, the bloomy, uh, the gowanishes will be up near the top. Um, and then the cheddars will be sort of stacked in the bottom corner. So, I mean, mm. it's, I'm sure it's not ideal, but it No, but that's, a, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's really yeah. fascinating. So, I mean, 
the biggest challenge is just space, you know, because, you know, you run out of space really quickly. It's about a 16-bottle wine refrigerator, so. Wow. Um, what do you do with all the cheese? Do you just enjoy it with friends? Do you have, like, uh, cheese in, Right now, I'm just parties? enjoying it with friends, you know, bringing it to parties, um, giving it away to coworkers, you know. I mean, <laughs> right now, I feel like I'm kind of, I'm really, you know, I just, I have so much to learn right now, and I'm just, I'm sort of in the learning stage. And yeah. so I'm really just giving it away and, you know getting honest opinions from people cool. about the cheeses. So. And do you plan to do any kind of um, more kind of, I guess, structured, like, you know, learning, like um, going to a farm or, you know, taking classes um, or workshops? And where, where are you kind of, I don't know, if nec- where's the next step for the um, educational piece? Well, I mean, actually, in a, a couple of weeks, I'm going to be going and doing a, the four-day class at uh, Viac. Cool. So Great. That's kind of... Um, the next step for me. I've also been, uh, I did uh, make cheese with um, Peter Kindle up at Hawthorne Valley. He was uh, kind enough to let me participate in that. So, you know, I'm just, as much as possible, I'm looking for opportunities to, you know, make cheese or work with cheese or, you know, learn in any way I can, you know. And Viac is the Vermont Institute, Institute of- for Artists and Cheese for anyone who wants to, yeah. to look it up. They have great workshops, it seems like, for. Yeah tasting and sensory evaluation to you know practical mm-hmm. hands-on workshops yeah. for beginner cheesemakers and more seasoned cheesemakers it's a really great uh resource yeah and like right now i'm kind of more at the you know two gallon pot on a stove level so it, uh, you know i'm kind of looking forward to actually working with in a real cheese making environment you know right so, where everything's yeah. like kind of you know there are drains in the floor yeah it's exactly. all built for exactly what you yeah. want to do yeah <laughs> Um, now, and what about your kind of, um, you know, aspirations for, um, cheese making in the future? Do, do you imagine that one day you want to be a full-time cheesemaker or? I mean, that's, yeah, that's, you know, the dream long-term definitely. Um, you know, right now I'm kind of just taking it day by day and sort of, you know, learning what I can and doing what I can, you know, with the hopes that, you know, of eventually arriving at that point. But, um, you know, I mean, it's difficult to say like for, as an urban cheesemaker, how many opportunities will actually present themselves to be, you know, sort of a serious, you know, cheesemaker within well, an urban environment. I mean, there's Beechers. There's Beechers yeah. and there's Salvatore Brooklyn. Salvatore yeah. Brooklyn, yeah. And in England, we spoke yeah. with Bill yeah. Ogleshield. Mm-hmm. Oglethorpe, <laughs> who makes a cheese called Ogleshield. Sorry, Bill. Um, and so, yeah, who knows? I feel like it's kind of the next step, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. First there were breweries, and then yeah. there were cheesemakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, and I, I have friends who are starting a brewery, so I was wondering if, you know, I was kind of playing with the thought of, you know, is it possible to sort of have a brewery slash cheese plant? Yeah. You know, hey, you know. you similar never know. spaces, yeah. kind of. Similar spaces, like, it seems like maybe competing microbes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you a never real know. firewall between them. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, totally. But that would be like, God, a heavenly I mean, destination. Like an urban, yeah. like fermented foods. Village warehouse, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or something. The the decal market. We could yeah. launch the urban fermented well, foods village. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep an eye out for Narwhal Brewery. That's the brewery. Oh, so, cool. Yep. Narwhal. I like that. Yep. Yeah. Um. So, what about sourcing milk? Where do you source your um, milk? Well, when I'm I, when I'm upstate, I'll go to Hawthorne Valley and get the raw milk there. Uh, otherwise, it's usually um, farms in New Jersey or Pennsylvania for goat's milk. Um, I mean, I usually work with uh, raw cow's milk, but pasteurized goat's milk at this point. So Just because it's easier to source? It, just because it's easier to source, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, for a little while, my friend Kelly would go down to West Virginia to visit her sister and bring back like the most awesome raw goat's milk. Mm. She would just, there was a guy who had a bulk tank and, you know, you could go there with your big, you know, ball jar and fill up two quarts and bring, oh man. But yeah, it's (laughs) not, that was the only time I've ever had raw goat's milk on a regular basis. And I would love to work with sheep's milk, but that's even harder to get. It's like gold. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think um, now's a good time to take a quick break. We'll just uh, do a real quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about your work, about the urban cheese making community here in New York. Um, and then also about your uh, your subtitling uh, side, side gig. Um, so stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Pennies in a stream Falling leaves a sycamore moonlight in Vermont. I see fingers wave ski trails on a mountainside, snow light in Vermont. Telegraph cables They sing down the highway And travel each man in the road People who meet In this romantic setting Are so hypnotized by the love Kind of makes you want to go to Vermont listening to that song <laughs> um i'm gonna sign up for that viac workshop no i'm just kidding um so we are back on cutting the curd on the heritage radio network uh we're talking about urban cheese making with uh, matt spiegler um who is a, a web developer by day and a cheesemaker by night um so uh well so let's talk a little bit about the cheese making community here in new york it's something that I kind of just learned about when we did our first show yeah. with Elena Santagade. Um, and it seems like, you know, there's just more people making cheese than, than I even, than I thought. Um, would you, how many, you know, do you, do you correspond regularly with lots of other cheesemakers and troubleshoot different things? Or do you see yourself as a lone ranger? Um, well, honestly, a lot of the people I communicate with are sort of not not necessarily New York centric or in New York, but are kind of all over the country or the world. Even I mean, I'm talking to people, you know, uh, all around America on like a cheese forums online or um, uh, twittering or tumbling with uh, cheesemakers in uh, England, especially who are going to the School of Artisan Food. Um, you know, as well as people in New York. So I mean, it's kind of it's I guess it's more of a global community. For me, that that's the way I experience yeah. it than than a New York specific community. So far, at least, I mean, it would be great to, you know, get some meetups started with cheesemakers in New York. You know, maybe even I don't know, share resources or something. You know, share aging spaces or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it seems like you know the people are definitely out there. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So well, I don't know. Maybe you and Elena can scheme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get get a get a group together. <laughs> 61 local seems to be the place to, you know, do all these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, that's exciting. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, when you're talking about sharing information online, um, are there any good cheese making apps? 
we were talking about apps on yeah. the way over here and that seems there like it'd be a genius yet. thing i've actually thought about that that, that would be a great thing to develop but there, as far as i know there aren't any sort of cheese making apps for the ipad or android or anything like that um Hmm. So yeah, maybe maybe that, a sax will be branded. Uh, oh no, <laughs> I was thinking, or your or your your thing too. I mean, <laughs> we don't know about making cheese; we just know about selling it. <laughs> cheese wrapping cheese. Yeah, we could do the we could do the retailer the demo side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, well, interesting, very interesting. Um, all right, well, so let's talk a little bit about uh, about this side project that you decided mm-hmm. to um, to do. There was a French film that came out about cheese, mm-hmm. and uh, you decided to do everybody the great service of subtitling it in English. Yeah, um, I don't know. It was this documentary that came out, uh, I guess, last fall um, called The War of the Stinky Cheeses. And, I mean, it was a really interesting documentary looking at sort of the rise of American artisan cheeses at the same time as... Um, French, uh, the, che- the French cheeses of terroir are kind of going through hard times, and you know, small cheesemakers are disappearing in France. Um, so, I mean, it was it was this really interesting documentary, but you know, there was there were no doc- uh, subtitled versions available online. So I figured, you know, what the heck? It needs subtitles. I need to practice my rusty French, so you know, I might as well do it. And, you know, and plus I had my mom to help me with any of the difficult words. So ah, that's uh, great. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say it's good to have um, an Alsatian mother up yes. your sleeve. Yes. Yeah. 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 There was some very strange French terminology. Yeah. That I just <laughs> sure. couldn't figure out. You know. <laughs> yeah. But she knew what it meant. So. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think it's definitely a documentary worth checking out. You know. Um, and. Uh, how can you uh, how can you see it? Is it up on YouTube or something like it's that? It's on or? YouTube. Uh, if you Google the War of the Stinky Cheeses, you'll find it. Uh, you can also go to my blog, which is uh, cheesenotes.tumblr.com, and it's there as well. Okay. Um, but, I mean, it seems to me like there's a lot of, you know, the, the American cheese scene right now is ripe for documentation, but and there's it's happening in books, but it's really not happening in film or television much yeah. at all. So Yeah. Sort of to see a documentary film, which is, looking at cheese from more than just a novelty or sort of an ooh stinky perspective you know and kind of from an educated perspective as well you know right right and, and to see the french uh, the american cheese seen through the through french eyes is sort of a particularly interesting perspective i think but yeah so now what was their take i mean how did they react to american cheeses with suspicion or um, you know no i mean they were definitely enamored with it i mean they, it's it's almost a love letter letter to the you know the new american cheese scene but it's also a warning to the french that they're, they're at risk of losing their cheese culture and hmm. you know there is sort of this question of you know what what does it mean when you have all these american cheesemakers going to france and training with french cheesemakers and then bringing those skills that they learned in the french terroirs back to america and you know sort of trying to replicate it you know what what are those new cheeses exactly and what does it mean for you know the french cheese culture and history yeah you know we were actually having that conversation at lunch today because um laura dubulot who works with us Mm -hmm. um uh at our cheese cave um and who's actually in the film um was bringing back a small cheese from uh well actually hervé mons came to the u.s a couple well about a week and a half ago and he brought over a small cheese from the savoie that's kind of supposed to be like a like a vacheron Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's a touch different and she was describing it to us and she was like well it's kind of like a Vacheron she's like but it's kind of you know like Windermere or Rush Creek and yeah. and she stopped and she's like it's so weird to be comparing <laughs> French cheeses to American yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> using American cheeses as, as a reference for yeah. French yeah. Um, and it was like a, it was kind of a funny moment mm-hmm. um, 
but yeah, there's definitely some great kind of cross-cultural stuff mm-hmm. um, going on. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens in France because I feel like, I don't know, unless some, you know, more like dorky young people, you know, like us <laughs> right, get yeah. sort of interested in that sort of lifestyle. Um, it's a difficult, it's a difficult battle, mm-hmm. you know, to save those cheeses. Yeah. And now you have a uh, president Sarkozy banning French uh, cheese or banning cheese courses from his uh, dinners. What? Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> It was no. just in the news. So. That Why? is awful. <laughs> I guess he's very health conscious, and Carla Bruni has convinced him, you know, not to eat cheese anymore. But, oh, come on. Yeah. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is just, that's shocking. <laughs> it, I was like, maybe we just need to sing him a breathy little song about yeah. the virtues yeah. of cheese and see if he changes his mind. <laughs> Wow, that's the worst. Presidents <laughs> always have bad eating habits, though. Yeah. Well, not always, but, yeah. you know, I read this book a long time ago called uh, The Taste of America. It was written by John and Karen Hess. And um, the one time John Hess was the food critic for the New York Times. And they were talking about all these horrifying presidential, you know, favorite snacks, like mm-hmm. cottage cheese and ketchup and just like, oh, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so I guess you can't trust politicians right. for, when it comes yeah. to good food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I think the, the scene with uh, Matteo Keller and Jasper Hill is also just is, you know, a fascinating one. Because, I mean, this is like the sellers of Jasper Hill are kind of this institution that will probably chase, change cheesemaking for the next century, you know, in America. And to sort of see the French visiting it and marveling at it. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and that's another sort of, yeah, cross-cultural partnership because yeah. I know they worked closely with Neil Girard Dairy mm-hmm. and with Hervé Mons to kind of design that place. And, you know, it's it's just great to know that, um, you know, all this sharing of knowledge is is benefiting everyone. And who knows, God forbid, one day, maybe all the Frenchies could come over here and, you know, <laughs> right. make Learn cheese make in Vermont <laughs> and, uh, and Quebec and, you know, and mm. head back. I think that'll be a long time coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Um, so what are some of your other favorite sources for knowledge, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, cheese making? Um, do you have any particular books or other films um, that you really enjoy? Well, in terms of films, I mean, there is the the Will Stud Cheese Slices series, yeah. which is pretty great. I mean, that's a good one. Um, there aren't that many other films that I can think of, though. I don't know. Um, there's a great film about sheep called Sweetgrass. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No. Sort of the last of the... Um, cowboy sheep herders out west who like take their sheep up in the summer and then come back in the oh, uh, wow. fall but um other than that i mean in terms of books uh the new um artisanal cheese making book from mary carlin is a good one that just came out okay i don't i'm um, not familiar with that one yeah um just came out uh, i want to say a couple months ago D- and um, that's the title the new american uh yeah i believe so um i think it's artisanal sorry i can just look it up uh, Artisan Cheese Making at Home by Mary Carlin. Ah, great. So, okay. That's a that's a good one. I know yeah. Ricky Carroll did Ricky one Carroll. way back in the yes, day. Yeah. That's I think the Home Cheese Making by Ricky Carroll is a book you have to have pretty much. Um, and actually this new book Artisan Cheese Making uh, the author worked with uh, one of the guys uh, uh, Jim for, who works with Ricky Carroll. He worked with this on this new book on the recipes. Ah, okay. Um, American Farmstead Cheese by Paul Kinstead is another good one. There's a great 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 chapter in there by um, Peter Dixon, which is kind of a must-read. Cool. Yeah, Paul um, Kinstead, Peter Dixon, two heroes. Yeah. They're they're absolutely great. Mm 
Um, and what about uh, equipment? You know, besides your, you know, your wine fridge that you found, um, what do you think is, you know, just a, a good source for home cheesemakers? I mean, do you um, need fancy stuff or where do you get your equipment? I mean, you really don't need, I mean, I, I'd say the aging environment is probably the most, you know, complicated piece of equipment you're going to get. Um, although you could even just get a dorm refrigerator and mo- there's ways to modify it to get it to work. Yeah. Um, uh, but other than that, I mean, I get mo- most of my stuff either comes from uh, New England Cheesemaking, which is uh, cheesemaking.com. Uh, there's also Dairy Connection is another good one, dairyconnection.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Glengarry Cheesemaking Supply is in Canada. All right. Margaret Morris. Yeah. 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 I think they only do mail order and phone order, though. They don't currently, they don't have a site, but... I, I gotta love yeah. that. The Luddite yeah. yeah. appreciates that. <laughs> but there are like, it's good to have multiple sources because it seems like there's certain like cultures. If you're looking for certain cultures, like, you know, this site will have Mezzo 2 and 3, and this other one will have Mezzo A and B. And, you know, like they sort of, they don't all necessarily have the same ones. So it's good you to have. You have to kind of pick and choose. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, the Fromage X catalog is great. It's kind of cheese porn, but or cheese <laughs> cheese making equipment porn. So totally, yeah, I was like, oh, if only I had one of those like giant like vats to yeah. coagulate my lactic cheese. Fit in, in. a you know, hundred gallon vat in my studio apartment, no problem. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah, you can put like a wood board over it and use it as a dinner table. Oh, yeah, yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, put a mattress on it, sleep on it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about your blog. You've done some other pretty crazy stuff. I think you had one thing where you ate like hundreds of cheeses for yeah, a year. I did a the 365 cheese challenge. I'm, I mean, I don't want to, I'm hesitant to talk about it because I don't want to make it sound like some sort of man versus cheese extreme <laughs> food challenge or something. But um, I kind of just sort of set this challenge for myself to eat 365 different cheeses in a year, you know which I guess is not that hard if you're working in a cheese shop, probably, but, um, but yeah, yeah. no, that's, that's a, that's a task. Yeah. But I, yeah, I wanted them to be 365 different ones and sort of document them. Yeah. Different ones. That's that's a lot of cheese. And I ended up eating like 430 over the course of the year. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Good to overshoot your goal. (laughs) (laughs) And my cholesterol did not go up at all. So see Sarkozy, what the heck are you talking about? (laughs) Hat tip to a Max McCallman, you know, cheese is healthy. Cheese is definitely healthy. Yeah. That's, that's really fun. And where were your sources for these uh, cheeses? Were you like scouring the city to find like every cheese nook and cranny or pretty much? I mean, you know, Saxelby, um, stinky cheese, Murray's, you know, sort of all the cheese shops in town, but I was kind of the annoying customer who would be like peering in the back to see, you know, the cheese that I hadn't tried, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, and did you have any like transcendent moments where there like a couple cheeses that you're just like, Oh my God, that was totally worth it. Um, well, I, I, there were quite a few of those. I mean, definitely the first time I tried a rush Greek, that was Mm. a transcendent moment. Uh, a, a cheese called Afiletta, which I had in Switzerland, actually, is a Corsican sheep's milk cheese, mm. which is kind of like being kicked in the face by a sheep, but <laughs> amazing. But a little action. bit gentler. <laughs> a little bit, but not much. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I was the only one who liked that cheese, but I thought it was amazing. But Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, other than that, on, on the blog, I just sort of track my... Um, track the cheeses that I try and photograph them and also write about, you know, cheese uh, news and politics and dairy politics and things like that. So that's really great. Yeah, yeah. that's really great. We got to we got to check it out. 
and see uh i know sophie already has but i have i have got to check it out and once again for our listeners what um how can they find your blog uh it's uh, cheese notes it's uh, actually a tumblr site so it's cheesenotes.tumblr.com cheesenotes.tumblr.com cool well thanks so much for uh sharing with us your your uh you know cheese making exploits yeah thank you yeah. for having me and thank you for doing that work to subtitle that film oh, sure, yeah. sure. i cannot yeah. wait to go yes. well you haven't out. seen how i subtitled you so maybe you should check that first <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm sure it was awesome <laughs> um well we'll have to keep revisiting this urban cheese making topic because we've just kind of gotten yeah. the tip of the iceberg it mm-hmm. seems yeah so. if, if urban cheese makers if you're out there please write to us info at heritage radio network.com and we will and yeah. we will have you on the show yeah uh so well until next monday this has been your weekly episode of cutting the curd bye you're listening to cutting the curd hosted by ann saxelby you're listening to cutting the curd hosted by ann saxelby you're listening to Cutting the Curtain, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos. Thanks for listening to this on program the on the Heritage Radio, Radio Network. Network. You can find all of our archived programs on HeritageRadioNetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.